0: Apple AR glasses could be close to becoming a reality. Apple TV Plus could be expanding its library of content. And iOS 13.5 is here. We'll talk about this and more on this episode of the Macworld Podcast. I'm Roman Loyola here with Michael Simon. Hello. And Jason Cross. Hello. Before we get started with the podcast, I want to talk about the RavPower giveaway that we're having to commemorate the upcoming 700th episode of the Macworld podcast. We're teaming up with RavPower for a giveaway of their PD90-watt Gallium Nitride Wall Charger. There will be three lucky winners of this great device that you can use to charge your MacBook Pro in a shorter amount of time. The contest runs through Tuesday, May 26th, and we'll announce the winners on the Macworld podcast at 10 a.m. Pacific on Wednesday, May 27th, and on the Macworld Twitter feed. To enter for your chance to win, check out macworld.com and look for the entry form that's on our homepage. Just as we were getting ready to record this podcast, Apple decided to release iOS 13.5. Maybe you can download this while you're listening, or that'll tie up all your bandwidth. But... (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> and restart your phone in the middle of the podcast.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah, it's out now. And this release it has a lot of features and stuff in re- kind of in regards to the pandemic.
1: Yeah, there was a 13.4.5 release they were working on. They released a couple of betas. Uh, it was mostly bug fixes and stuff. And then they got cranking on their contact tracing API and a couple of other, uh, relate COVID related features. And when the features added in, they just said, Oh, we'll just update. We'll give it a full number. We'll call it for 13.5. So 13.5 started with beta three. Cause it was like 13.4.5's beta three <laughs> was 13.5 beta three. Cause you changed the number on you. But it, it mainly what it does is it makes, um, The three major features is you can stop group FaceTimes from, like, expanding the view of who's talking. There's an option for that. So, you know, if you group FaceTime more than two or three people, that's useful. It speeds up the sort of failure process for Face ID if you're wearing a mask. So you can get right to typing in your number instead of having to, like, wait for it to fail, swiping up. And, you know, they just made that... quick so you can just go oh it's got you've got a mask I'm just going to show you your pin number and you just type it in and then the third is the contact tracing API which is the thing that Apple and Google have been working on together and that's not a feature you're going to notice right away you have to wait for state agencies to release an app that uses the API it's going to be restricted just to them uh, and there's been a lot of confusion about how it works and what it does and all this other stuff so uh, but essentially what it does is trying to be as brief as possible because it's complicated. Yeah. It assigns your phone like a random string of numbers and letters that is to, to uniquely identify your phone, but it doesn't have any information about you. It doesn't say who you are, your age, or anything like that. It doesn't record your location, none of that. It just broadcasts that number to other phones around it over Bluetooth and if you're around somebody else for a certain amount of time, uh, you know, it's receiving number, the same number from other phones for a certain amount of time. It records that number and just says like, Oh, I've been around this number, this random number. Then if you get tested and tested positive for COVID, the state agency can take your number and put it in a central database mm-hmm. and everyone's downloading that database of all the numbers of people who have been tested positive for COVID and just comparing that against the, the, rec- the record on your phone of things, of the numbers that you've passed. So it'll says it's, you're downloading a big list of positive IDs and it's matching that to what's on your phone and going, oh yeah, I've been around somebody and it'll pop up a notification saying you've been around somebody who's tested positive for COVID. You don't know who that person is. You don't know where you were when you got near them or any of that kind of stuff. At best, you have a sort of a timestamp that it's happened recently. Um, none of the information leaves your phone. None of that. It's not getting sent up anywhere or anything like that. So it's actually very good privacy
2: protection. Doesn't the number kind of change every 15 minutes or something? (laughs) Yeah.
1: There's a lot of other stuff like that. Like, I don't think, I don't know if it's 15 minutes, but it is a regularly rotating number so that people can't do something like look at a long log and compare it to other numbers and, sort of backward figure out where you've been by comparing your trace against everyone else's traces. They'd still have to get all that data off your phone and everything. It would be complicated for somebody to use this to kind of track you. There's way easier ways to track you with Bluetooth beacons and stuff like that than, than this, but they're trying to make it really widespread. And in fact, there have been a couple of states who don't want to use it because they want to record locations and stuff. It's not it's not open enough for them. They want to they want background operation to track people's location and and uh, and Apple and Google don't want to provide that.
2: As it really doesn't work. Uh, conversely, there's been some states and countries that have said yeah, we're not using it's because we're afraid you're just collecting using this as, a, as an opportunity to collect everyone's data.
1: Yeah, which so you know both uh, sides there's confusion. It, it it takes yeah it takes um it's going to take security researchers watching this and and looking at what data is being sent from the phone to say, oh yeah, they're definitely not sending anything off, up off the phone. All
2: Even they're doing if is if that were to fast. happen, people still aren't going to believe it. Oh yeah, oh, there's yeah.
1: there's people who are just never gonna trust it, right? Never. There's nothing you can do about that. Right. But you can have independent people verify. Yeah, of course. Um, which is the best they can do. So it, it doesn't work if enough, if a critical mass of people don't use it, right. which is one reason why Apple and Google worked together on this and, and said, we need one thing that works across devices and everything. So and it's uh, and it's only restricted to being used by state agencies. Yeah. So here in the U.S., that means individual states. In other countries, it might be the whole country or something, uh, or it might be your regional, you know, health agency. But you're it's not available to third parties to like start data analyzing your list of contact tracing IDs or anything like that. So
2: yeah, and this is as far as I know the only one of its kind on this broad level.
0: Yeah. There are it's, already it's a number
2: of
1: third party contact tracing APIs that are essentially worthless because they're just right. like if, if, if you don't have a really good chance that everyone you pass has that API on their phone yeah. is using that app, then it, you're just not gonna, you could, you could get exposed and never know cause they don't have that app. So by building it into the OS's and making it an API that's on there that's a huge thing people still need to download the apps though
2: yeah and they it's become available it's particularly difficult in the US where you know the government the, the governmental agency needs to adopt it get an app ready inform mm-hmm. people of what they how to download it how to use it like it's yeah. it's great that apple and google did this and and it did it relatively quickly but now there's so much more ahead that needs to be done to get this to be as you say, useful otherwise it's just an app if one even exists that isn't really going to be all that helpful
1: yeah yep you you hope that it's it it will spread. Yeah. You know, if you if you'll expri- excuse the term, you hope that it spreads virally. That somebody yeah. pe- that people who use it and maybe get a notification start telling their friends. Oh, you know, look, I, I, I was near someone with COVID. Oh, how'd you know? Oh, I got this app, and then yeah, yeah. you know it spreads. Yeah. So hopefully, so I'm not to- aware of any app that's kind of ready to go. like i don't don't know know i don't know of any state that's got a got an app and they're just waiting for this release but it's been available in beta for them to get started on development so
2: i mean there are very rudimentary apps that just ask a series of questions and kind of surmise whether you might or might not have to yeah that has nothing to do with contact tracing help at all yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. that's just helping you find
1: yeah and, and a lot of them like Apple's official one and stuff now, they'll they'll do something like point you to the nearest official
2: testing site. Right. Which basically all answers lead to that.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, all answers lead to that unless you, you if you really say no to everything, it'll, <laughs> it'll just go like, yeah, you're all right. Just maintain social distancing, you're good.
2: And this, well, this is the kind of thing that would be helpful if the federal government got involved in coordinating an effort to, to use it because it is there and it is free and it is private and all that stuff. But we have,
1: I've seen no signs of that. It is, yeah. They're really leaving happening. it up to the state agencies yeah, and right. the states are not all in agreement.
2: But kudos to Apple and Google for working together and getting this out, you know, relatively quickly.
1: Yeah. There's one privacy setting in, in settings, privacy, health. There's a toggle to turn off the logging if you want yeah um so just you know if you're just like oh, the government installed stuff on my phone and i work you know you can turn it off i don't yeah. know how you can not trust the app but but trust that toggle <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> like, right. like if you're not if you're that distrusting then you probably think the toggle does nothing and honestly <laughs> and honestly they have you probably think they've been tracking you constantly before this yeah, like, they haven't have been why would they need
2: this new thing sure. yeah i wonder if apple is going to send out a push notification like to everyone in connecticut where i live like once a an official version is available will be i be notified awesome yeah. yeah that would be great it would yeah. be
0: so if you're interested in installing ios 13.5 ipad os 13.5 is also out you know go mm-hmm. into your system preferences And uh, it takes a couple minutes to download, and you'll have to restart. But, uh, yeah, it's available now. Coming soon, not necessarily available now, but coming soon could be Apple's AR glasses. There was a report by John Prosser of Front Page Tech. He had a report on some AR glasses that I got excited about, and then I remembered how complicated my glasses are. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of quelled my excitement. But um, Apple's shooting shooting to release these sooner than later. Yeah. Which is kind of surprising.
2: It was very surprising. I agree. I mean, we we heard reports of 2021, 2022. And Prosser basically said, like, before this whole thing hit and delayed lots of stuff and kind of threw Apple's schedule into upheaval, they were planning to tease it at the very least alongside the iPhone 12.
1: Yeah, it's meant to be a one more thing. Like like the Apple Watch. Like yeah. the Apple Watch. And like the Apple first version of the Apple Watch, they uh, teased it at the iPhone event, but it was available next spring.
2: Right. And,
1: and this would follow the similar attack.
2: Which makes total sense. Like you gauge interest, you gauge, you know, how, what, what production needs to be. And, you know, you got to ramp up mm-hmm. all those manufacturing lines and everything else. And
1: Yeah, and you just don't want for, for these really, really big New things you don't want leaks coming out of manufacturing. Also true, yeah. You know,
2: yeah, yeah. If you remember, I'm sure you guys do. We knew very little about the Apple Watch, but before, like, we knew oh, yeah. it was coming, but we didn't know even like that it was going to be square. Like there was there was lots of question marks. So that mm-hmm. was one of the only recent memory Apple releases where we were like, oh, well, this is interesting because we don't know anything about this. Yeah, and uh, you know the glasses are, are similar. I mean, Pro had a lot of you know information. And it's clear that he saw some kind of a prototype. Yep. But it's a question of how far along that prototype was or is and whether or not it represents yeah. what it's actually going to release. Should we
0: run down
1: some of those specifics? Sure.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. To me, one of the biggest deal is that they look like regular glasses. I think yeah. that other AR glasses that are out, you know, they're. They're either too cumbersome, or they just don't look like regular glasses. Yeah, like a hollow
1: lens. It's like this big right. thing on your yeah, head. That's yeah. craziness. Yeah. yeah.
2: Even even Google Glass, right. which was one that you could you could wear around your neighborhood, yeah, it did not like people would look at you like, "What are you wearing?" And was not <laughs> AR glasses.
1: Also true. Yeah. Also, at all, it was just a heads up display. Right. Uh, yeah. In one eye. Right. <laughs> um, he says it'll be both eyes. Yeah. Uh, and have like displays on both eyes. they will be mm-hmm. The, the the big thing was 4.99.
0: Yeah, is the other big thing,
1: or no. for prescription lenses, and uh, all the processing would happen happen on your phone, which you kind of expect. Like it's, to do it's real, certainly for
2: for first couple of generations,
1: yeah. Yeah, to do real AR, the processing power you need, you need to make big bulky glasses. You need to end up making a hololens, or you need to transfer data real fast, to or, or
2: like a backpack or something, like Magic Leap.
1: Yeah, Magic <laughs> Leap had that big pocket yeah, thing. Yeah. And, and then you have a wire, and uh, yeah, all that. Apple yeah, Apple's not going to do that. No, Apple's not going to do that. Um, I, I have a lot of technical questions about how they're transmitting data back and forth, but of course here. Yeah. Um, yeah. The interesting thing to me was that it, at least the prototype he saw, doesn't have a camera on it. Right. It only has the time of flight, the lidar, 3D lidar sensor, no RGB color sensor, which means you would you can't shoot video or photos from the thing it's only getting a 3d depth map which is a great way to kind of assuage people's
2: privacy concerns that you're recording me all the time or whatever yeah it also would make sense even if like that's something that they wanted to add that they would the first model like just like apple watch would be as Ooh. basic mm-hmm. as possible without it being you know crappy yeah just give you kind of rudimentary ar experience and then gradually over the course of the next few generations add these things on
1: yeah, it needs to be enough to under, to, right. to recognize and understand your hand gestures and to understand how to place 3D objects in the scene. So it kind of needs to know the geometry of your scene. It doesn't necessarily need to know that their table's black versus brown versus whatever, you know, right. at least like you said now. And then I, I imagine as everybody gets used to these several generations in, they can add... <laughs> Yeah. A camera and everybody's gonna, nobody's gonna care that they're being recorded all the time. For, I mean, but things. they and they
2: would also expect it like once it becomes yeah. part of the, the lexicon, the mainstream consumer yep. product database, people would, you know, they're not gonna be like, well, this guy's yeah. gonna take a picture, you know, it's just people it's, are gonna
1: start clamoring for it. It's dumb yeah. that I can't take a picture with yeah. <laughs> these,
2: <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it seems like you know, Apple is. Doing, you know, kind of what it did with the Apple Watch, like entering this this mm-hmm. new space, and doing the base level things that we want it to do. You want to yeah. look out, you want to get directions, you want to look at you, you know, movie tickets, uh, menus, whatever it is that you're looking at, yeah, to kind of map that world in front of you. And it, based on what he was saying, like like that's the that's the target audience: people mm-hmm. who want to put on a pair of glasses and have things kind of light up around them.
1: That's what made the Apple Watch so successful is mm-hmm. they, there, there were plenty of like quote smart watches before that, but they were big and bulky and ugly and slow and stuff. And they just kind of said like, no, we're going to have this feature set very focused and we're going to, it's going to be fast and smooth and slick with a beautiful UI and the watch is going to look a lot better and all those other things. That's what's going to make people want them.
2: And you know, Apple Watch was, was criticized when it first came out for being too mm-hmm. expensive. Yeah, for doing enough and now look at it now. There's no other. Yeah,
1: then it takes time to grow and they figure out As they see how people use it. They figure out. Okay. Yeah, sort of health and fitness is really what this is about So on so they'll they'll do the same thing with the AR glasses.
2: Yeah And uh, he also said that there was uh, Prescription versions available which makes sense, you know, so if you buy one you would pay 500 bucks for basically the frames and then I, I assume Apple would Handle that. I mean, they would have to.
1: Yeah, I, I really don't know how they're doing send the their prescription or whatever it is. Yeah, right.
2: Yeah, it's really easy to send a prescription yes. in. Um,
1: yeah, there's lots it's... of
2: places online, like Orby Parker, for example. They do. You know, you send them their prescription, and they send you back a pair of glasses, and that's it. Yeah,
1: it's prescription notation is a very standardized thing. Yeah. Um, and but I have to imagine that the way that they're using, um, I'm trying to get technical, the way that they would make the graphics on the lenses isn't a projection it's a thing that uh, sends the light in sideways through the glass and then mm-hmm. reflects it out uh, and so they, they kind of have to would, would have to manufacture the, the lenses unless they yeah. are they've got some funky way of displaying the graphics that we don't know that they can put it on your
2: own well to, to that point uh, Professor said people looking at you wouldn't mm-hmm. be able to see any indication on the lens that there was a, an image. Mm-hmm right so it sounds like what you're talking about would be Mm -hmm. how they would do it
0: yeah i'm wondering how that's going to work because like for instance i have i have bifocals yeah that's a question yeah and like my lens my prescription such that i have to have these thick lenses Mm -hmm. so i also get uh, anti-glare treatment because my lenses are so thick i get light glare a lot yeah and i even get you know my my glasses are what's it called have a a tint so when I go outside it they yeah. turn into sunglasses so to speak because you're, you're definitely
1: not gonna get that <laughs> right exactly <laughs> the tent's I not happening
2: yeah what about
1: the bifocals thing because right. that is also a fairly standardized mm-hmm. uh sort of way to notate yeah stuff and, and a lot of people need that like some people need bifocals just because they go from no prescription to they need reading glasses or, or vice versa. Right. Like one half is prescription right. the other is basically not nothing. But you need both both sides of prescription for you, really, right? Yeah. So, yeah.
2: Yeah, that's a question because, like, when I go to buy glasses, I'll pick out a frame, a frame that I like, and they have to look it up to see if my prescription, if it can handle my cool. prescription because some thicknesses don't work with some frames. Right. So there are those limitations already. So, yeah, Apple, there's a lot to figure out when it comes to that yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, how much would it be? Is it going to wow. double the price of the, of the glasses? Like,
1: you Yeah, know, honestly, $500 for frame, yeah. for essentially frames it's, it's isn't it lot, crazy, I mean, but it's not, cr- I mean, you, you easily pay two or $300 for sure. frames that are just a hunk of plastic. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> These do stuff. Like... But when
2: you get those frames, you generally get lenses that are kind of built into the price. If you're paying $500 for the glasses and $500 for the, for the uh, lenses, then we're Yeah, about it really expensive. matters how much more yes. prescription lenses are. Are. Yeah, if they're like a hundred bucks, that's cool. If they're three or four or five hundred, then you know, we're talking yeah. about. A really I think I would device. not be surprised if you saw
1: a lot of people getting the regular non-prescription glasses and just saying like, "Well, when I want to use my AR, AR glasses, I'll wear contacts that day."
2: Maybe, like Maybe. Then, that could be. Uh,
0: that's a good that's no it's good a- for you, Roman, because you got no. the bifocals. <laughs> I got the bifocals. Yeah. yeah,
2: but. I don't I don't wear contacts either I, I never have but um that's that's that, that's a that's an interesting thought it's also it's going to be funny like if these things take off like yeah like 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 airpods for example to see everybody wearing the same kind of <laughs> the glasses same. yeah they, better <laughs> they have like a when same i see glasses. someone with my glasses it's weird now one person <laughs> If everybody had my glasses on, I mean, that would be like, well, I don't know if I want to wear these anymore. Yeah, Yeah,
1: they're definitely going to need a couple of,
2: I don't want to call them styles, but like colors. And just like, you know, different straps or different, you know, whatever it is that they do. Oh,
1: that would be so cool if you had, uh, if the front front of the frames were some kind of brushed metal or something and the sides uh, could be swapped out,
2: like the way you swap out bands, that'd be really great. Yeah, there's going to have to be some kind of customization because there are just some people who recoil at being uniform <laughs>
0: right there some people take their the style of frames very seriously yeah. and you know who very those people are because you you see their glasses you kind of go those are like really, yeah, yeah absolutely <laughs> those glasses yeah. Stand out. So yeah that's why
2: you go into a glasses store and is you know uh, 300 frames because yeah, you know, people want yeah. Stuff. so maybe they'll partner at one point at some point they'll partner with the glasses manufacturer like oakley or something and you know, work with all of their stuff. You know, there's there's a, there's a lot of options they have yeah. going forward. I think there's like one company that owns like every single kind of <laughs> glasses. So all they have to do is really partner with one of them.
1: Luxottica. Luxottica yeah, that's the one. That's, uh, that's them. Yeah. They own like everything. They own a lot of brands and they're the official exclusive manufacturer of a lot of other brands, fashion brands that have glasses. Yeah. And, but they also own... A lot lens of the crafters. manufacturing yeah. yeah, so they own a lot of the optometrists yeah and 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 like lens crafters and stuff yeah. and they own a lot of the lens makers and manufacturers they have like a full vertical monopoly yeah. <laughs> it's really bad
2: it is it's crazy, and no one ever really cares or, or notices but oh yeah, they've been you
1: know, sued it's... a few times for price fixing issues and stuff like that yeah. okay. it's they've got a they've got a history, yeah, nobody knows or cares, nobody has any idea what Luxottica is they <laughs> just want their their whatever
2: glasses.
0: Uh, we've got more details on our website about the possible Apple Glass, uh, Microsoft. Yeah, display. let's talk
2: about that for a second. Uh, that the Apple name. <laughs> Glass kind of kind of weirds me out a little. I mean, I, like, it makes sense with their new
0: the naming scheme. Yeah.
2: Apple TV, Apple Watch, Apple Glass or Apple Glasses. But, like, Google did. Google Glass is a thing that is, a, like, people know that name. Kinda, Would yeah. Apple just kind of kind of rip it off or are they going to do Apple Glasses, Apple Spectacles, Apple whatever? Apple Lens. Apple Lens, yeah. Something I like different. that. It's
1: a cool name oh, and, and it also speaks to like ooh. you're seeing the world through a different yeah, yeah. way. Right. Yeah, no. Although Google, Google has Google Lens focus. too, but it's less, it's that's less true, known. That's true, but that's less known. <laughs> it's less known. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can't trademark the word glass, but you can probably trademark it specifically for that with, the, with the
2: apple logo or whatever yeah, yeah. however they trademark yeah it
1: well what i mean is google may have a oh, trademark google glass trademark may be enough of a because it's specific to sort of like ar glasses like that kind of Thing that they may be able to defend that you can't call it.
2: Yeah, I, I, I'm not even thinking of the trademark implications. More of the, like it has a bad connotation because it kind of fell apart and fell Ooh. on its face. So to yeah, they made fun of it name, on SNL. Yeah, or everything. All the, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a name that isn't held in high esteem.
1: <laughs> I think that would last about a month. Maybe. I mean, Apple's
2: so yeah, the, people big made fun of the an... the iPad when it launched too, and it's been enough time.
0: Yeah, if anything, Apple could then claim that they brought prestige back to the word glass. <laughs> so. Check out Mike's article. He's got more details about what could, what we could see in Apple Glass, like the possible use of hand gestures, of uh, a charging stand, and some other stuff. So go to our website to get more details. There was a report earlier this week that Apple TV Plus could be growing its library a bit by adding more content, specifically licensed content, which would be a change from what Apple TV is doing right now, which is all original content. Be interested to see what kind of shows they decide to content, if if they go with shows that they think would appeal just in a general sense, like just popular shows, or if they're trying to get shows that license shows that would like seem to fit with their brand or
1: the, the report that it was in Bloomberg, they said um, the focus is still going to be on original content and that they haven't licensed any blockbuster shows or movies. So like they don't have a, you know, friends is obviously not going to be friends is going to be on like peacock or whatever, but like they don't have that. They don't have an office or friends or some thing that everybody knows wants to watch the reruns of a hundred million times. Like apparently they didn't, they didn't buy one of those. I guess it doesn't mean that they didn't. It's just interesting because it's a strategic change where they were before they were just like, no, all original content, nothing you've ever seen anywhere else. And now they're just kind of realizing like, well, it's not really enough stuff. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Jason, you wrote um, last week, I think it was the the kind of six month report card of Apple TV. And as, aside from a couple of shows that got a couple of, of award nominations, Apple TV doesn't really Apple doesn't really seem to know what to do with its TV program. It doesn't yeah. know how it wants to release shows. It doesn't know if he wants people to binge them all in one day, or if it's a weekly thing, or how many episodes are even in a season and i think this is just another they just kind of throwing a dart on a wall and hoping it works it's it's, it's yeah they're of, experimenting a
1: little i mean i think overall their quality's fine it's overall yeah. as good as the original stuff on netflix or whatever it's just not enough yeah, and and there's not going to be enough unless they can release a new show every week like cuz not everything's for everybody no matter how good it is it's cool. just not something you're into or whatever so in order to get people coming back you know but they have a year to figure out this them? out or more because they gave everyone a free year. They're still doing it. If you buy an iPhone, yeah. iPad, Mac, or Apple TV, you get a free year.
2: I wonder if that's going to go away. Or are they just going to keep it at this point?
1: I think they're going to keep it for a bit, but so uh, I wouldn't it- be surprised if it went away sort of this fall, maybe with the new exactly. re- the new phones or
2: something. I-, I read a report recently that said they had about 10 million signups and about half of those were actively using it.
1: That was in January. Yeah. And there's been no... No idea since then, except that it 's gone up since COVID. like all yeah, streaming stuff sure everybody app. has um, they 've had a, a little bit more buzz on around things like defending Jacob's been better, but yeah, they still need they need a lot more buzzworthy shows they just don 't have that stuff. I thought yeah, and like, now
2: you know you 're struggling with production is shut down everywhere, so yeah. if they don 't have a back catalog once people watch the shows they want to watch, they 're done with it
1: yeah, stuff that 's in post production you 're okay, but anything that 's still yeah. filming anything is kind of shut down. Uh, I thought it's really interesting uh, related to that is what they did with this Tom Hanks movie. Yes. Uh, Tom Hanks has a world war II battleship movie that he wrote and stars in that is a Sony pictures release that was supposed to come out in theaters this father's day weekend. And Apple just bought it. (laughs) I'm sure there was a bidding war. It was. Uh, But there was, they say they bought it for like $70 million and it's just not going to be in theaters. It's just going to premiere on Apple TV, which is smart for Sony because they were probably, it's already been delayed once. And they were probably looking at this going like, this is going to tank in the box office. We'll never get any of our money back. Let's cut our losses. Forget the marketing budget
2: and just give it to someone make it someone else's problem yeah yeah. it didn't seem like the kind of movie that was going to do gangbusters anyway no i mean tom Um, hanks has a lot of pull but but it's but not that kind of pull where it's going to be you know 150 mil the first weekend
1: no not especially not uh during a time when people can't go to the movies or or even if movie theaters are open they're at like limited capacity and stuff like there was no hope for that film so but that's that's the biggest sort of tentpole release kind of thing that they've had in terms of like big star power theatrical movie thing that they're just releasing release on there so i wonder if it'll get a lot of buzz i mean that's the kind of movie where tom hanks is going to do the late
2: night circuit and go around and talk about it sure so they they tried with the banker back in the back and when they first launched, but that kind of got derailed with lawsuits and accusations, and they never really recovered. It's it's out now, but it didn't quite. Yeah. It never really picked up any kind of steam. And that was always sort of a smaller indie movie. Yeah, like this I mean, is a big World I, War II. relatively epic. big. This is way bigger. Yeah. Um, but you know, we're also, we're, we're in this kind of world now where people expect big stars to have big projects on the streaming services. So mm-hmm. Tim Hanks isn't going to be like, Oh look, like it's just, it's just, you know, it's expected. Yeah. So it has to be a good movie. Time Hanks isn't going to be
0: able to just carry it on his own. I, I wonder how Apple's going to get this licensed content because there's just so much more competition now. Yeah. I mean, I, I know licensed content ends up changing hands all the time. Like, like how many times? How many uh, services has Friends been on? And yeah, I know. <laughs> it's true. Well,
1: it's going to get tougher because Time Warner has HBO Max. Right. And they just yeah. decided. Yeah. All right, let's just put it all together in one place. In one
2: place.
1: Right? Uh, yeah, NBC Universal, Comcast, whatever has Peacock. So yeah, they're not yeah, going to start yeah, so giving the their office. stuff to anyone right. else. That's right.
2: So. Yeah. Once office these, friends once... and everything.
1: Whatever you know.
2: You know, when, once the individual networks come up with these giant services, they're just going to keep their own content
1: and right. We already them. have CBS All Access yeah. and stuff. So, you know, th- there's so much media consolidation that yeah, once yeah. the current deals expire, they're just going to put them on their own services. Exactly. And you Disney know, you is, see that Disney when, and ABC Disney, and everything. Disney's a
2: perfect example. Like all those Marvel movies that were big money, they're just taking them all for themselves. Yeah. Like TNT and TBS, and you know they they paid big money for those movies, and as soon as those uh, contracts are up, they're gone. Netflix too; they had all those shows, they're gone. Yep. So you know, it, it, I don't know what I don't you know Apple's getting getting into this late and at a bad time.
1: Yeah, but they have all the money in the world. They do have tons <laughs> of money, that, and that's how they've been. Why? That's how they've been handling the original content stuff. Like a lot of that stuff isn't made for Apple TV Plus. you know there's so many independent production studios that they they make a show they make a pilot or something and then they shop it around right and people bid on whether they'll do a season right and they'll get a direct-to-season order or whatever and there's been these bidding wars and apple has gone out on top they've just basically outspent other people Mm -hmm. on some of these prestige tv shows uh so you know they're they, they may do that same stuff with licensed content but to your point it's just not going to be so much less of it will be available yeah, they're just yeah. not even going to offer it
0: they might be able to make some movement with some of the smaller networks that don't have the presence who can't compete with the bigger networks
2: maybe but you know you also have to want to watch those
0: shows right yeah. exactly exactly you know it's yeah. like some of these reality shows you know which i have a hard time seeing apple offering yeah, it in its right. library because it doesn't fit with their brand but yeah. like those kind of shows nobody's licensing right that but they're available mm-hmm. so you know it's do you do that for the sake of just building a library i, I, I don't know yeah. I, yeah, I, I, tell I, wanted, what, I really uh, want to see what it is they ended up licensing
2: and yeah. if they do license you know say they license a 100 different shows or whatever it is they're going to need a better kind of catalog way a way to catalog this stuff because right now like i, I have a hard right. time finding things in the it's not even really an app. It's like everything thrown together and here's the Apple TV section. If you scroll too fast, you go right past it. Like it's, it's really, so yeah, far, it's,
1: it's, it's scatterbrained. It really is all just sort of in, it's all in the TV app and it's all just, it's almost like they expect you just to use search or, or suggestions, you know, instead of going like, I want to watch comedy. Yeah, on well, this when, I go, right, when I
2: go to it's like it's, <laughs> here's the new stuff, here's the 4K stuff, here's the original stuff. And I scroll mm-hmm. through it like everybody else. Yeah. Apple has no real indication except for if you happen to land on the Apple TV app and you see like a little silent trailer on the top of your Apple TV. That's really the only way you know of something new. Yeah.
1: I think they're going to be, I mean, yeah, they need some interface help as they expand their content. But I think the content story will be much better as we get into year 2 As mm-hmm those initial their initial shows are still some of the best that they did things like for all mankind and the morning show and stuff like as those get season two coming around uh and they have a whole another six months where the releases and stuff uh the the opportunity to have enough buzz that people will be like talking about one of these shows is would be a lot higher so i think they'll be in much better
2: shape yeah, they also oh, have to this Christmas. Uh, you know, hope that production start up again quickly. Yeah. <laughs> Assuming nothing has been completed yet.
0: That does it for this week's episode of the Macworld Podcast, episode 699. I want to thank Jason Cross and Michael Simon for joining us. And I want to thank you, the audience, for tuning in. You can subscribe to the podcast via iTunes through soundcloud.com or on Spotify. If you have any comments or questions, Send us an email at podcast at macworld.com or you can contact us through the Twitter feed that's at Macworld or on Facebook. Join us in the next episode of the Macworld podcast as we talk about the latest news and happenings in the world of Apple. See you next time.